So good evening everyone. I'm a little bit weary this evening so this might be a rather briefer talk but um, uh, we gave a Sarsenkai online to the Melbourne group on Sunday and the talk I gave them was on grasping mind and don't know mind and I'd like to um, share a little bit of that with you. Um, as I was putting the talk together, I was reminded of a poem from years ago that I, I know, which I like very much, and many people like very much, by um, Gary Snyder. Um, for those of you who may not know of Gary Snyder, he was known as one of the beat poets of California in the 1960s, and he's been a long-term Zen practitioner, and I knew him a little bit from Hawaii and when he came to Australia once and stayed with us. Anyway, his um, poem is called Avocado. Why the Dharma is like an avocado. The Dharma is like an avocado. Some parts so ripe you can't believe it, but it's good. And other parts hard and green without much flavour pleasing those who like their eggs well cooked. And the skin is thin. The great big round seed in the middle is your own original nature, pure and smooth. Almost nobody ever splits it open or tries to see if it will grow. Hard and slippery, it looks like you should plant it, but then it shoots out through the fingers, gets away. <laughs> the slippery nature of, of sin. Mm -hmm. um, so grasping mind takes many different forms. Uh, sometimes it can be like grasping after pleasure or pleasant things. But one of the forms that it takes is I think also grasping after making sense of our life and uh, I've mentioned this in, in different Dharma talks before but when I was um, in my late, late teens and 20s at Macquarie University I majored in philosophy and when I look back then I was I was grasping to make sense of life you know to make sense of my own life so it was driven by a lot of um, existential angst, I guess you would call it. Um, but this need to make sense of everything. Now I do still read books, you know, and philosophy books, but it's not with existential angst. I just enjoy reading them and playing with the ideas. It's a very different type of experience now. But um, one of the traps we can get into with Dharma practice, and particularly when we've been doing it um, for some time, is that we read a whole lot of books and we go to a lot of different talks and uh, we know various different Buddhist phrases and Buddhist psychology and information, but it's all just knowledge. You know, it's all not knowledge and, and it's very easy to mistake all of that knowledge for um, being awake, you know, and being in, intimate and embedded 
in in the, the momentariness of life. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of head knowledge, right? But because we, we read a whole lot of books, we can accumulate it, and then we can start to think that's what it is. But it's not anything intellectual, and it's not something that you can make sense of. One of the other um, terms we come across too in, in, in our reading is um, beginner's mind. Um, and with the beginner's mind, there is, there is openness and possibility, right? But really what happens is, is that we, when we come to Zen practice, um, our beginner's mind is full of opinions, really. Uh, about this and that, and as we as we um, practice, you know, our certainty about our opinions and so on start to fall away, and this don't know mind develops. So it's a bit of a myth to think that when we begin practice, we've got this open mind that's not grasping at something. It's actually something which evolves along the way. You know, the grasping out of making sense or the grasping for knowledge drops away and we're really open um, to what is. But we should not think of um, the opposite of don't know mind, of like knowing mind, as as necessarily always being arrogant, you know, like knowing what's right and knowing what's wrong and being opinionated. That's one form it takes. And as we practice that, that will drop away. Um, But there's another form it takes as well. And that's not so much to do with um, arrogance, but it's to do with this, like I was when I was younger, it's kind of this, this, this driving need to make sense of everything intellectually. So if you could just understand it all intellectual, it'll all be okay, you know, and you'll find the answer and, and then life will be fine. And um, so it's not necessarily driven by arrogance, but some kind of sense of um, lack. Mm-hmm. And if we practice then with that mind that's always trying to make sense of the experience, we can get stuck there for a long time as well. Um, that's why koans are so wonderful. One of the koans in our practice, which I don't think I've made much mention to before, but it's really wonderful. I think it's about case eight of the Mumon Khan, and it's called Keishu builds carts or Keishu makes carts. Keisho was apparently some well-known Chinese character way back centuries ago who who was famous for inventing the cart or building carts. And so the Zen teacher uses it as a koan. Um, Keishu made a hundred carts. If you take off the wheels and the axle and the platform and the box and the spokes of the wheels, take all the parts away, what is left? Now, people who are interested in Buddhist philosophy might come at to it from the point of view of emptiness and say there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point of it. Or some people say it's a pile of parts. That's not it either. Uh-huh. There's another way 
of approaching this, you know, which really comes out of the way that we live our life when we're not trying to make sense of anything anymore and we're actually um, really embedded in our life experience. And also in the follow-up verse that goes along with it, um, it talks about the wheel. And even a master cannot follow the wheel. Or as Robert Aitken said in his um, Dharma talk on this, even the maestro cannot follow the music. Why is it that the maestro can't follow the music? Uh-huh. When you when you when you take up this practice like this, it everything collapses into don't know mind, and then you go about your everyday life. You put pepper and salt on your food and you eat it Uh completely. Uh So there's a saying that some of you may have come across about Zen. It's very well known in Japan and not so well known here. That if you practice Buddhism, it's like cleaning yourself with soap. It's like purifying yourself, right? But Zen practice is washing off the soap. Mm-hmm. So you wash yourself, you might purify yourself, but you accumulate this stuff on you. Even that's got to go. All the Buddhism's got to go as well. All the philosophy, all the psychology, all the words you've read. And and it's only when that happens that we really have a much more um, fulfilling life uh, where we really become intimate with momentariness and sensory experience as it comes and goes and we're we're embedded in it Um, and that's a very different experience to trying to make sense of our lives all the time there's a place for it Um, there's a place for making sense of things and there's a place for philosophizing but If the motivation is driven by some anxiety or some lack, it's a, a trap we just give it into.